Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. How did the meeting go with the designer? I absolutely love her. Tonight. I'm helping the new homeowners with interior design. I'm supposed to believe you're here by coincidence. Garner took off without saying anything to us. You want it all to yourself. You're trying to take what's mine! Killer Dream Home. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Mother May I Sleep With podcast. My name is Molly McAleer. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a return guest. It's my friend Eden. She's a pop star. She's a songwriter. She's now a mommy. Hello. A mommy to a chunky little boy. I'm so happy for you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. He had his six-month appointment yesterday, And he is in the 99th percentile for height and weight. So basically, he's the size of like an 18-month-old, but he's six months old. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I love it. I love it when a baby's like fast growing. Oh, he's huge. It's like people are like – but then they look at you like, why isn't your toddler walking? And I'm like, he's an infant. (laughs) Is your husband tall? He is, right? I mean, he's not, I would say he's average height. He's not tall or short. And so, but we both have like tall, it's like boring, but we have like tall grandparents, tall siblings, whatever. You're a tall family. Yeah. You're from a tall family with tall genes. No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) This is the mailman's baby. I'm just kidding. No, my, I mean, I, okay, whatever. I don't know if anyone even cares. My, both my parents, I would say are short. I'm 5'7", which is not short. It's not. And then my oldest brother, Ruben, he's like 6'2", 6'3". And then my grandfather's like 6'4". So there's some tall genes going on in there. My sister's kids are all tall and her husband was Yeah, really that's tall genes, babe. Yeah, yeah. But Ryan's not short or tall. We're, we're both just like average, you know? What if you like he's one of those giant people? I mean, I'm kind of scared he is because the doctor was like, <laughs> he goes, he's not even in the 99th percentile. He's in the 100th percent. Like he's off this chart. Yeah. Was, what's in your milk, babe? Dude, gluten. Are you juicing? <laughs> <laughs> You're like donuts, grapes. We know we're both grape lovers right now. You guys, so this is the first episode we've ever done that's going to be on the main feed like this. This is a new thing I'm testing. It's called the Tiny P. It's a tiny podcast because our mini episodes, we've been doing four-hour mini episodes for since the quarantine started. Eden, I think you were my last guest that I recorded with in person. That's and crazy. Everything that we've done after your episode has been considered like essentially a mini episode because we're not in a season. So I'm introducing tiny peas to mix it up. I know everyone likes the long form, but we got to get through some of these movies, you guys. Listen, I like a tiny pea, especially after giving birth. I have tiny peas all day. (laughs) That's all you need, okay? So Killer Dream House is the movie you picked. It came out in 2020. This movie, I feel, flirts with a level of self-awareness that I don't like. Like, I feel like this movie knows it's a lifetime movie. 
Completely. Also, I'm shocked it came out in 2020, like right off the bat. I was like, what year are we in? (laughs) Right. So it does suffer from a little bit of like the elder millennial doing an impression of like a zillennial that kind of comes off inauthentic in a way because it's like sort of this hipster vibe and like she very much has this like quirky quirkster thing like they both are these like socal kind of yipsters with this like quirky east side personality that just doesn't work authentically for me in lifetime movies ever and like okay even if it was gonna work it's just not working like the clothing is off like I don't know what they're wearing like you're absolutely right they're in this weird middle ground of like are you like a 58 year old man who shops at Tommy Bahama or are you like a 32 year old acting class student like I don't know what you are like with Josh I'm just like I feel like I've seen that guy in every acting class in town for the past like 10 years you know what I mean yeah (laughs) he's trying to do like they're they're, they have to play to some of the comedy that's in the script but it comes off very like oh you're the actor who like took an improv class and you're like the nicest guy in the improv class but like really you're just trying to like 100 (laughs) percent take some sense of humor loose because like your acting coach told you that you're not a natural comedian yeah, like on those shots where they'll hold on him and he'll be like, I forgot what he was doing, but he was like, okay. Like those classic, like like someone walks out of the scene and then he's like, or not, you know, like well, the, to those- that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, right. that shit. <laughs> right. It's, that's like the Tumblr essence that I was sort of speaking to when it's like, you're too old. Like I'm too old. These people are, are literally my age now. So- I they're one year younger than me maybe so I'm like we were too old to be doing like the ironic mustache thing like that all felt like very much pandering hundred young people that thought that's like adults made puns and wore like polka dotted dresses mm-hmm. it's very strange and and this movie actually was written by a guy who I believe wrote the first gay lifetime Christmas movie. I was checking oh. out his Jake Helgren. I was checking out his page last night. I followed him on Twitter and he was talking about how he wrote the first gay lifetime Christmas movie. So that's fucking thrilling. Cause remember Hallmark flipped out because there was a lesbian in a commercial or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we love that. We stand him for that, but I mean This was rough. <laughs> We open up on this old lady in a mansion. I thought this house was in Glendale the whole time I was watching because I it, it looks like the house that when you're driving around Glendale, there's like oddly a huge mansion. And like my friend Ed will be like, oh, yeah, that's the dream. That's where the dreams house is. Like, right. Right. You know, it felt like producer. It, yeah. It felt mm-hmm. like one of those houses. And so. Yeah, I'm, I still let me see if I can find out where exactly it was filmed. I've definitely been to a session at that house. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm taking directions and I'm going to someone's home studio in that house. Like, probably yes. even a MapQuest printout. Probably. Yeah. And it, and it has like, <laughs> it but had- also like 2020. And they were I remember at one point he was like, I don't know, it's like 785. Like, that's a lot. And I'm like, 
you are not getting this house for seven eighty five in the Los Angeles real estate market. So no. like, where are we supposed to be? <laughs> right. So like, cause they definitely like Woodland Hills is just like a quick jaunt. So like, that's how they describe it anyway. So for me, I'm thinking that that's the Americification of the, of the price, because like, if you right. said what that would really cost, which is like 2.3 minimum, yeah. that's absurd to most people. And it's also unbelievable that these people would have the capital. If anything, that price is like what what the what the you know twenty percent they have to put down is. That's the down payment. So we see this old lady reading, and then she like kind of gets up to go into her bathroom and like wind down for the night. But she hears something in the house, and this is like a kind of a nice little nod to Pretty Little Liars, I guess. There's a person in a full body black black bodysuit I don't know and with a face covering and she has this red raincoat on and I'm like this is this is literally out of Pretty Little Liars this is red coat except raincoat edition it's so weird and she basically like kills this old lady this red coat person so the house goes up for sale and we see jewels it's like young brunette woman with bangs like she clocks the sign from her SUV and then she drives home with a grin on her face and my first thought was like did she kill this old lady for her house <laughs> my first thought was is that Lydia from Real Housewives of Orange County or is that Rashida Jones or is that both <laughs> <laughs> she does have that sort of like every ingenue look you know like she does look but it's also she has this sort of I don't know like snarky face I don't know how else to describe it she just looks a little snarky and so yeah. I was like he's up to something bitch let's play 418 to 554 where at this point I didn't know that this was her husband and I thought for sure this was like her gay business partner Four- <laughs> wait 418 to 554 hi hey so I think I found our next flip oh yeah I, uh, I didn't see you looking through listings today well, that's because it wasn't up yet, but I happened to drive by this morning. And where would this be? Over on Maple. Not the one with the big bougie gates. No, stop. Why would that place be for sale? I don't know. But what I do know is that we just made a killing on the Aspendale cell, and now we have some real equity to play with. Yeah, but that place is huge. I mean, it's probably like, what, five? Six, maybe? Seven, eight. Uh, exactly. But come on, the receptionist said there's an elevator inside. An elevator? An elevator. Ooh, well, that is a lot of money to pay for an elevator. Uh, so what do you think? Are you in? I think that is a really big mortgage, and we have a lot to talk about. Who's the realtor? Renee Rivera, and I'm just waiting on a call back from her. Didn't you just get a divorce? I think so. So, you know, maybe you can work your magic on her, take one for the team. <laughs> you are unbelievable. She is uh, kind of a babe, though. Hey, I am holding an apple, and I am not afraid to throw it. Love it when you threaten me like that. <laughs> well, I'm going to go blow up her phone and work my magic. Oh my oh, god. How weird is that? <laughs> it's just weird. As someone who watches these movies every week, it doesn't sit right with me. Okay, it's so interesting that we're doing this like audio only. I mean, you're watching the video, right? Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm just listening and I'm like yeah. 
it, it, what am I listening to? Am I listening to like a casting in like Van Nuys where like the casting director is really disinterested reading with like this over eager girl from like <laughs> Minneapolis who's like, and the way they're taking like the like pauses in between like dialogue and it's just not real life. I just like right away, I wanted to, to just punch Lydia in the aka jewels in the face i'm just like i can't it was brutal and like also i mean am i wrong the relationship between them is very confusing yeah there's no chemistry like and she's like maybe you can take one for the team and then he's like well she is a babe and then she's like i have an apple and i'm not afraid i'm like what like who talks like this right i know the way she took the bite of the apple like she was punctuating the sentence too really really (laughs) bothered me so like they're you know this is a couple that renovates the houses and i and i want to say that they did a very good job making a house that would would have been trendy like five years ago with the white subway tile in the kitchen and just like the the grays and like you know then like the pop of like I don't know some Aztec blanket on the couch like it's just (laughs) very it's very basic and this is a problem this is what happens when they take these beautiful old houses and they just make every single one of them look the same you know all the houses in Sherman Oaks look the same I do I do I'm I mean I'm kind of – part of why I picked this movie is I'm in the middle of renovating our house and it's so fucking exciting because I am not picking white subway tile or the Aztec blanket vibe or the fucking like, you know, shiplap. Like I just feel like everyone watches like all those shows and just does the exact same thing and I just – I cannot. I cannot live in Sherman Oaks. No. Well, truthfully, all kitchens age horrendously and like – Oh, listen, I actually love Sherman Oaks and there Oaks and there are beautiful homes there, but it it feels like the same developer bought half of every street there. Do you know when they do that tile? I and I actually don't even mind if it's like a clean white, but do you know when they do that skinny mosaic in between like the line in the kitchen? So they'll do uh-huh. or the shower, like it'll be like one strip. That if I when we were looking for new houses, like if I walked into a property and saw even like an inch of that, I was like, I'm out. I'm out. I cannot handle it. And I had so many people be like, you could replace this. I'm like, no, because that just means the vibe of this whole house is everything against my aesthetic. Like I have to leave. Yeah. It spooks you for sure. And tile is a very big decision. Like mm-hmm. tile is one of those things that costs a lot of money. It is not a cheap install sort of thing. It's a whole thing to have someone who does it and does it well. And by the time you pay for a job like that, even if the rest of your house, even if that was the one room you renovated, I don't like the tricks. No. I don't like someone thinking I'm dumb enough to walk into a bathroom and see that tile and fall for it. No. But you know, a lot of basics are. A lot of basics are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen your gorgeous bathroom with that beautiful wallpaper. Like, please. Thank you, babes. So- They check out the house and she's like obsessed with this fucking elevator to the point that I thought this would all culminate much more in an elevator than it did. Like she's truly being a child about this, (laughs) especially for someone who renovates homes. Like, let's be real. An elevator seems like a massive expense. Totally. So like the maintenance on that and the safety of it 
it's like it's one of those things like it's kind of like a pool where it's like you have to be prepared to maintain it. So she notices there's a guest house. That's a great feature. And on their way in, there's this creepy gardener who has a very threatening look just using shears to chop up bushes, which is it's scary anytime you see it. Right. I mean, when you said like it was she in the red raincoat. And by the way, I've never seen Pretty Little Liars, so I'm sorry. Like, I don't, I didn't get that reference. But see, I didn't, I didn't know it was like a woman yet. I was like, I kind of fell into like what they wanted me to, which is like, oh, it's this gardener. Like, it was that guy. Which obviously, that's this, that's what they want, you know. So it's like, oh, okay, this guy's the murderer right away. I mean, I'm still at this point. I'm still unconvinced that Jules wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> try to they really didn't try to bury the lead with the villain here at all like they maybe give you give you five minutes of suspense because it's over pretty quickly so when she's talking to the realtor she tries to guess when the house was built is it 1986 and the realtor's like close it was 1985 and she goes that's the year we were born it's a sign and he's like she's like do you have kids yet and he's like no not yet that's something you do in your mid-30s Okay, at best, these people are 34, which is squarely your mid-30s. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I think they actually are like 36, if I'm doing the math correctly. So what, like, what is, I understand what the joke is supposed to be, but like, it doesn't fully land for me. Not at all. It And also, it doesn't. They're playing both sides here, right? Because in some ways, these people are very, like, flippant young millennials, like, almost giving you Elizabeth Olsen's character and Ingrid Goes West vibes, where it's Mm -hmm. like, wow, you really just sort of, like, imagined this lifestyle, and it came to you, the help of some of your parents' money. But they're also, like, at at the same time, they're also very, so delusional that they don't realize that they're in their (laughs) mid-30s. So which is it? Are they responsible or nuts? And also, can I just back it up where he's like, oof, sounds like a high mortgage payment. And then when she rolls up to clock the house, she's in a Range Rover. So I'm like doing the math and I'm like, okay, well, so you're paying like what? Is that a lease? Like, I don't know. Like, let's just, I mean, that's like what? Eight, nine hundred a month right there. Like, Something doesn't none of this makes any sense. Like this is the thing. They're they they haven't picked a side. And that's what's bothering me from the jump on this movie. It's like, like you said, like, are they cool, hipster, like or are they fucking like, you know, using their parents' money, going to a clam bake? I don't know. I don't know who these people are and where they are. It's all confusing. Right. No, I know. It's very well, I okay, part of me thinks maybe because this isn't the house they're really going to like live in long term at this point. It, this is just another thing that they're adding to their portfolio and they have a couple properties in the works. So maybe this isn't the best expense for them. But yeah, you're right. They're just the way they're not on the same page about what role this house even plays in their life is interesting. They need to be driving a sob and a lot more would make sense. Yeah, I think maybe the car is a write-off through their LLC, though. Like, maybe it's a work <laughs> car, you know, for their house business because they need to, you know, drive things around. So the real estate agent tells them that the gardener that's there, Edgar, he's 
still there throughout the home sale. He knows the property like the back of his hand and he's lived there for a long time, even though he has an apartment in town. And they're like, wait a minute, what happened to the owner of this place? And the realtor's <laughs> like, well, we have to just, oh, she goes, well, full disclosure. She doesn't even say that they have to disclose this. Like, I feel like you would know that even before you rolled up to the house, but she goes, there was no one to leave it to. So the estate went back to the state when the owner slipped and fell and died in the tub. So like, I, I couldn't get over the way that she said estate like that. Uh, side note, library. No. Oh, did they say that? She said library. And yeah, I'm like, I think she has some problems because she tries to say estate later. And I'm like, babe, are you, is it ESL maybe? Oh, my mom's an ESL teacher. If it is, I, then it's fine. That's how just... I feel. That's how I feel. <laughs> I'm like, maybe she's just an ESL gal who has a, who's like figured out how to like have a pretty seamless non-accent. She's okay. Okay, great. Our ESL queen. And if she's not, then I'm going to have to, uh, girl, tweet me. We'll talk about it. I'll help I want to say she's ESL and she's our queen. Then I'm like, okay, cool. Library all day. Library all day. So biblioteca too. Like <laughs> I can do it too, girl. So when they get home, they argue about whether or not they should get this place. And he's like, this is insane. It's too expensive. And the previous owner and her husband died of health issues there. It just feels cursed. And she's like, we'll just get a fantastic interior designer. And he's like, what the, why do we need an interior designer? That's like your thing. And she's like, no, we'll just like pimp the house out and we'll sell it for twice the budget. And she's like, this is, she pulls out this piece of paper that she just has ready that she's been sketching since grad school. It's her dream house. And she's like, everything I wanted in this dream house exists in this house. And I'm like, well, then I guess you're like, not really that imaginative. Cause like this place is clearly a fucking McMansion and like the best you've come up with in a decade is like a house that already exists. That's so sad. I would kill myself. And also then like, yeah, why do you need the interior designer? Like what is your role in this flipping thing that you guys do? Like what do you do? And I know what they're going to do. They're going to put some like mallard green in the dining room. And it's just like I know where they're going. So he's like, all right, let's make an offer. So the real estate agent, Renee, shows up like the next day. And she's like, you got the offer. And I need to come in and have some coffee because we have paperwork to fill out. So this is where he goes. Josh goes, guess this is happening. Yeah, that's one of those moments I'm talking about. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) He's very like, yeah, no, it's it's a very it's saved by the bell. It's like Zach Morris, but not as good. Not even like a tenth as good. You know, it's like Uncle Joey, maybe even (laughs) like Like, he's standing right behind me, isn't he? So they pull up to the new house and they like check the mail at the end of the driveway before going pulling up fully and there's an ad from Dyer Design, who's an interior designer. She's like, this is a crazy coincidence. And he's like, well, do you think she's any good? And she goes, I don't know. How many times can I get lucky in one day? And he picks her up and he goes, I'm not sure, but we're going to find out. And I'm like, dude, a lady just died there. Can you like bring a mattress or something over to the house before you start banging in it? <laughs> so true. They didn't sage. They didn't do anything. They right. maybe, maybe like all this, they, they brought all this upon themselves because they didn't cleanse the energy at all. We needed a sage scene. 
Not to victim blame. No, I wonder if the um, seance was like cut for time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because ideally they would have had that sort of thing. Like the exorcist would come in. So I'm not sure, but we're going to find out. So she meets the interior designer at the park. Now, Morgan, they do not... <laughs> They don't waste any time getting to the point of who Morgan is and what she's about. And I thought this actress did a great job with her performance, Eve Morrow, which is my financial advisor's last name. So I wonder (laughs) if they're related. I'll text him privately about that after. But yeah, she has done Age of the Living Dead, Cypher. I knew she was like a sci-fi actress because she's she's like a pretty redhead with a strong jaw. And they love Mm -hmm. that. Mm-hmm, on sci-fi mm-hmm. network okay so let's play this scene 1429 to 1611 morgan your work is amazing how long have you been doing interior design mm, i don't know when i was 18 i was helping my mom redesign a house she bought after leaving my father and uh it was all kind of downhill from there well it sounds like you made the best out of a bad situation only leaving him was the best situation my dad was a taker and uh, a terrible father. But <laughs> enough about me. Tell me about you. You said uh, you and your husband flip all these homes? Yeah, yeah, as of recently. I'm actually an architect. I freelance as a contractor. I've done, you know, a couple of things here and there, but I'm still waiting for my big break to catapult me into stardom. <laughs> In due time. And uh, your husband? He's an entrepreneur. He owns a firm that does landscaping design, construction, that kind of thing. He's got a couple of places in the valley that we're working on, and we just sold a big one last month. Ah, well, you do have to be able to make a cash down payment on the Maple Estate. I uh, spoke to Desi at Rivera Realty. She uh, gave me the dish, you know? I was looking at the house, too. It's exquisite. Right, uh, that makes sense, considering where I found your card. Had you made an offer on the house? if you don't mind me asking. Oh, no. I mean, I can't afford a place like that just yet. But I like to scout all the homes for sale, peek in the gate, leave my card. Well, I'm glad that you did. Your work is so impressive. Does that mean I have the job? Well, I still have to talk to my husband, but between you and me, I am sold. Well, I guess it's the best I can ask for now. Yeah. (laughs) I like that they met in the park. Like, she's like a registered sex offender or something. And like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like the well I guess the registered sex offender couldn't go to a park but like you know she definitely it definitely feels like there's legal issues or something the way they're sitting out here and she's looking at this sad binder and they're drinking these like plain black iced coffees that are just haunting me for some reason I wonder and I'm not even watching it and as I was listening to it I remembered something that stood out to me they had one of those cup holders you know when you have like more than two drinks you have like five drinks and it's like who are the other drinks for so like I have a problem with the props person too on this film I just want to make that clear see no (laughs) that's not what I took that to mean what I took that to mean is that one of them brought both coffees Oh. And I want to know who paid. Oh, definitely Jules. Yeah, I, I mean, can see that. Jules is trying. Okay, but wait. Huge thing I missed. So um, I'm an architect and a freelance contractor. And uh, what the fuck? I didn't know she was any of those things. I missed that. And That's so she's been designing her dream house. Okay, but so if she's an architect, like... 
It's just, I have so many questions. I can't. <laughs> I mean, I think like she's one of those, you know, I love when she goes, I've helped out on a few contracting jobs. And I'm like, what do you mean? You like hauled lumber? Like, I don't know what that really <laughs> means. So I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I guess, you know what I mean? But I don't like really lead with the fact that I was a hostess at Bertucci's, you know, like I, <laughs> not to shit on whatever, you know, I just don't really know, but it doesn't seem impressive to me. And there's so much jargon in this. It's very interesting. It's like very much surface jargon mm-hmm. where it's like talking about features of architecture or whatever, but it's it feels it feels real. So Josh Josh is getting home and our girl's in her bedroom packing up her stuff for the new house. And she's like, it's exciting. It's like packing for a sleepaway camp, a badass sleepaway camp with an elevator in a movie theater. And it's like, <laughs> why is she? She's talking like a a dumb person. (laughs) You're making me laugh so much. I miss you. (laughs) I missed you too. Well, in fairness, I don't think you've like been out or had much company lately. I know. (laughs) She is a dumb person, Malls. I mean, she's not. She just acts like a dumb person, which is infuriating. She goes up at the end of every sentence. And you know who she talks exactly like? She no. talks like the girl in the AT&T commercials where it's like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, why are you using a Sharpie on the whiteboard? Like, hmm, I don't know. Like every conversation with her is like, I don't know. But between you and me, I'm sold. That's exactly it. She has spokesperson energy, right? Yeah. Because like that makes sense in the context of like, let me sell you a cell phone. But right. in the context of like, I'm a mature woman who has flipped several homes and has a grad, like has a master's degree. Like it's just, anyway, she's like, I love the designer. So I threw you under the bus to negotiate a better rate. Smart. That's the one reason I wish I had a husband. So like I could have someone to blame things on or like. It's really nice. Things. It's really nice. We're doing that right now with our contractor. Basically we play good cop, bad cop on everything. I'm bad cop, obviously. So There's also a called fatal flip and mm. you might want to watch that for research purposes too, just so you can tell if things are going to go awry. Well, it's a little late. <laughs> almost it's october wait is it october and my prop my pool was supposed to be done in april let's just say shit's been awry for quite some time oh it always <laughs> is and like yeah every every date like i i would always add six months onto that if we're yeah. being conservative you know you yeah. can even go harder so he's like i talked to bliss and she's gonna buy tomorrow she's gonna come by tomorrow to help and he mentions that she was out at the i don't know edendale property or whatever the fuck it's called Mm -hmm. so bliss you get the sense right away that she's a sort of like multitasking assistant to both of them Mm -hmm. so everyone's unpacking the next day when morgan swings by to check it out and it's very like Right away, Bliss is like, you can tell she's basically like a daughter to them in some ways or like a niece in some way. And Morgan is is clearly threatened by her. She's like very much ch- like Morgan's someone who you can see take in her surroundings, which is like not the best way to hunt. No, I mean, everything's written on her face like the whole time. And her so, little smirks. And by the way, one one thing I love, I love the name Bliss. Chic as fuck. Very into that. That's a plus. Did you really? Love it. Never heard of it. Love it. 
I mean, I've heard, I mean, I've, I've heard of the word bliss, obviously. And there's like the bath line products and whatever, but like, I don't know anybody named bliss. Do you? No, I've never heard it. I mean, honestly, it's kind of, it's one of those names where I think you'd have to like love someone to not think it's a little silly. (laughs) Like, you know, when you love someone and the first time they say their name, you're like, oh, okay. And then like a year later, you're like, oh, that's like the best name. That's a great name for them. I actually don't hate that name. Like sometimes you have to have a positive association with the name for me anyway. Okay. Just, I see it that. It sounds a little, it sounds a little, listen, if you told me we're going to have a daughter and named her bliss, I'd be obsessed, but I wouldn't, I don't know. I, I I'd say love is a strong emotion for me to watch by the end of this movie. It's like my favorite name. <laughs> Jules takes her on a little bit of a tour around the house and Morgan fucks up immediately and's like, Oh yeah, I think that room would be a great reading room too. And Jules is like, we haven't even entered that room. How do you know that? And she's like, Oh, I mean, it's just, I saw a light coming from it. So I thought reading room, which is such a, an extra yeah. room. <laughs> also in Morgan's defense or like in the movie's defense, I don't even think Jules saw the room. And here's why. When they're touring the house, they don't go into the master bathroom. And this is like, this might be my biggest pet peeve of the entire fucking film. They like, they're like looking around with the realtor and then she's like, and there's the master bath. And the camera just like pans to the master bath and they like peek their head around the corner and they go, they like say something and then they like leave. And I'm like, she goes, you oh, don't- it's his and her sinks. And like first, I think that's like a little bit of a red herring because they were kind of having her look at the tub and they like the music swelled when she did. So you almost wondered, oh, is she the one who pushed that old lady down? Okay, but like, why isn't Josh going in there? Why isn't one of them going in and looking at for the subway tile with the line in the middle or like, what is, <laughs> why is no one going inside the master bath? I mean, I can't, I can't. So maybe, so I'm kind of like, okay, Jules hasn't been in the reading room either. And so I'm sort I give Morgan and the whole movie a pass on that moment. Kind of. It is true. Yeah. You definitely feel like production was set up there most days. And like, they really <laughs> empty. yeah, so, they didn't want to move like crafty or whatever was in there. And they were just like, just hide it. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty much confirmed to me by someone is that like, when they rent a house, they wind up using spare rooms in the house as like production rooms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Makeup. Which I love. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to imagine some PA like nervously eating crackers like in a, in one of the closed doors. Like, <laughs> so yeah, much later they're wrapping it up and they're doing all this like design jargon. It's like very heavy design jargon. It's like, oh, and this Baroque influence and these lines and blah, blah, blah. And Morgan peeps the gardener and the music intensifies. So right when she's about to walk out, she says hi to him. And he's like, what the hell are you doing here? And he's like, I know why you're here. And she's like, and he's like, you got to go. And she's like, no, get over yourself. And he like kind of vaguely threatens her. And then she picks up a trowel and scratches him on the arm with like with it. Like he's Wolverine. Like it's a Wolverine. (laughs) It is a Wolverine claw. Like how would you even tell someone what happened to you? I got attacked by a coyote gardening. I don't know. Right. It's like, it looks like one of those, like almost like a, like a self-inflicted wound, like the people who are really into like believing they're the Joker do. 
I know those type of people. They work on Hollywood Boulevard, Hollywood and LaBrea, and they walk around in SpongeBob like outfits, taking pictures with little kids. They believe it. <laughs> so she's like, well, if you come near me again, I'll tell everyone you raped me and they'll believe me. And she starts like pulling off her like blouse. So she looks all like haggard and shit, which is a classic lifetime thing. Mm-hmm. So she gets back to her apartment. Okay. Where do you think this is? It looked like WeHo to me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It looked like LA for sure. I don't know. It had one of those like little gates and it was like kind of like a small stucco house. It looked like it's probably four units in this building. And yeah, yeah. It looks like it would be, it looks like it kind of would be expensive unless you've been living there for like 15 years. Like a a place like that now in LA be like 2,500 a month minimum. Yeah. It looked like WeHo Mid-City, somewhere like that. Yeah, sure. Mid-City. Yeah, for sure. So in her apartment, she has bills out the ass and an eviction notice from her landlord that like, it looks like one of those prank letters that they send you that's like, confidential, must open now. Yeah. Like, the way that the stamp is stamped on there, I'm like, that's not, I've seen eviction notices on my neighbor's doors before like living in hollywood same Uh, it's like a pink paper like taped to the door to like put a scarlet letter on your door so everyone like asks you what's going on (laughs) right it doesn't look like you they're promising you you won a prize or something right um so the next day morgan and jules are going over some art morgan's pushing this four thousand dollar piece that she thinks is like the statement piece that the house needs and i thought that this was like kind of a tell because this is exactly like what a designer probably wouldn't do is the lead with like, well, one way to make your house fabulous is to buy this $4,000 painting. Totally. That's like the last like accoutrement in the very end. Exactly. And like also with whatever she's pitching, I'm like, dude, at this point, they're flipping a house, like go trading spaces, something in the backyard. Like yeah. go do some spin art or something on an extra large canvas and call it a fucking day. So Josh comes in looking for a towel and, you know, Morgan, Morgan, it's hard to tell if she's attracted to Josh or if she just has one of those like fucked up things where like whenever a guy seems nice and safe, she thinks that she's attracted to him. I think it's the latter because of the bit earlier in the park where she's like, my dad was a taker. Like, I think she's just daddy issues, like, you know, 101. So she's like, nice guy. Hi, adopt me, you know. Right, right. God, so fucked. So he's like, hey, babe, do you have a towel? And then Bliss comes in. She, like, tosses a rolled up towel at him. And they do this, like, high five routine they have. It's like their version of a secret handshake or something. And you're like, okay, bros, like just two bros hanging out. Bliss <laughs> is definitely like a guy's girl and that'll come up later. But she does have this spirit of like, I grew up with four older brothers. So Josh is swimming outside and Jules and Bliss are in the office downstairs, which almost doesn't look like it's in the rest of the house. Like I felt like that office felt like it was in the basement of the house and it has like all of these gigantic like buildings that are really beautiful but don't make sense in that house for me yeah I feel like the office was like Tom Girardi's office like 20 years ago before it got like decrepit and like ruined right it has that it has that old money 
Yes, exactly. Well, the house itself feels like that's sort of like California new money feel to me. Right, right. So Jules like sort of Oh, could be Pasadena. Could be Pasadena. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe. Um, Well, Jules, like, you know, she doesn't – she's not taking all of Morgan's advice right away. Morgan's really trying to push some things. She really wants to do this carpet in the office. But they – she's like, I have to ask Josh about it. And she's kind of like – I feel like you're a strong woman. I feel like you don't really have to ask Josh for things. And she's kind of like, um, you know, they're all like a little weirded out by it. It seems like she's doing the, you know, fuck men thing with Jules Mm -hmm. and Jules isn't buying in on it. There's even a a moment later on where they sort of reference this fuck men thing in a very odd way. It almost felt like the filmmaker had an agenda, like like a (laughs) pro-male agenda that I'm like, this. we have no place on Lifetime for that. What are you doing? So Morgan goes, well, I think the powder room is off. And Jules goes, yeah, definitely. The powder room is off limits to all men. I I loved, I think the powder room is off and her just knowing what that was because I didn't feel like they had a casual enough dynamic to be using a briefs with each other. Yeah, totes. Totes. So Morgan is at her apartment, (laughs) which by the way is full of books. Like she has so many books. It honestly feels like a teacher, like like a first grade teacher. This is their apartment and they rented it out to production. (laughs) there's like folders and like children's sized books everywhere it's so bizarre i didn't notice that yeah i'll take a picture for you so she gets a knock at her door and the way she sashays the to and from the door is fucking hilarious let's meet her landlord Notice or what? You never hear when I stop by. Because I work during the day, Ivan. Really? You have a job. That's funny because you don't pay rent. There. I signed it over to you. Happy now? Okay. Great, so this is your rent for the last month and a half. What about the month and a half before? I've only done half the job. I'll give you the other half at the end of next month. Is that what this is about? Or are you still pissed because I dumped you after I found out you lied about owning this place? Uh Look, let's make a deal. How about I pay you half now, the other half later with uh, We'll call it a promise to pay with a special perk. Perk. Take Arca's shirt. Come again. I said, take off your shirt and remind me why I liked you in the first place.
This episode is sponsored by Book of the Month. I've been subscribed to Book of the Month for three months now, and I'm obsessed. If you're a big reader or maybe even a lapsed big reader who's been wanting to get back into it regularly, consider checking it out. Book of the Month, they read like hundreds of books every month from new and emerging authors, and they whittled on the list to just the very best. They provide you a diverse little selection of hardcover fiction to pick from, which is an element of it that I really love. I can find going into the bookstore to be super overwhelming. And when I know I have about a dozen really solid options to choose from, it makes the decision way easier. Plus, it's cheaper than other options. Shipping is always free. And there's a loyalty program with rewards and even lower prices if you choose to stick around. There's an app where you can pick your upcoming books and track the progress of your reading, and there are challenges on there with rewards. Your book arrives in a super aesthetically pleasing box, by the way. That's the kind of touch that I always really appreciate. Personally, I read at my own pace. Sometimes I can only get to one of my two books a month, and I keep the ones I haven't read yet on my windowsill right next to my bed so I can just see them all there. It inspires me to pick one up and read. It's nice to have options in front of you. If you're interested in trying it out, you can get your first book for $5 with code pastel at bookofthemonth.com. That's code pastel at bookofthemonth.com. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Okay. She really fucking goes for it with the kiss. I don't know if you noticed that. I mean, again, it's really fun for me to hear audio only because I'm it's so extra. She's like, take off your shirt. Remind me. Why like the breathiness and the whole thing. I'm just like, I mean, it feels so softcore porn. I'm like, well, this is what the audience experiences. So I'm glad to hear it from that POV because I always have to watch these when we do it, which is good, which is good for me in some ways because I feel like I'm watching differently when I have a guest like here watching it with me. This scene was just giving Melrose Place so hard. Oh my God. I was thinking the same thing. I was like 90210 Melrose Place, like early, like that whole world. Yes. Yes. yes it's yes. also written like the, it also feels like the writer himself is probably about as uncomfortable writing sex scenes as I am. 
Like, <laughs> just like, I can feel it on the page, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's like, come again, like the way he says that. But in the morning, he wakes up to find out Morgan's master's master plan. Basically, she had taken a bunch of selfies of them in bed together, and like printed them out at some point. And then wrote a note saying, Dear Ivan, I'll be gone by the end of the month, but you won't cash that check. All three months I owe, you will cover. I have plenty of more photos too. There's your perk. XO Morgan. Yeah. Couple of questions here. Where did she print these photos? Does she live near a Rite Aid and she just like dashed over in the morning and used one of those broken kiosks and one happened to be working and like got the instant prints? Did she use Snapfish and just like send them in and do like overnight? And I I have no idea like where. Snapfish. It felt <laughs> like honestly she had one of those little Polaroid printers. Right. Yeah, she did. She did. In her store, right? I mean, but I do love the idea that that the landlord just sleeps so late in the day that she had time to do a two hour photo. And like put on some fabulous outfit to go to work. So Bliss. But also she's like, you lied to me about owning this place. So it's like, so who is Ivan to her? Is he like the manager who like gets free rent for managing the building? Like, who are you, Ivan? And side note, I had to deal with an Ivan when I lived on Detroit Street. So it was just kind of funny that his name was Ivan. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. You'll never forget your landlords that terrorized you the most. Uh Uh-huh. But yeah, so Bliss catches her trying to break into the desk drawer to get the folder. But she's like, oh, I was looking for a pen. And this is like kind of the first really tense exchange between the two of them. And Josh goes down to the guest house to check for Edgar because one of the sinks isn't working. But he notices most of his stuff is gone. And so he takes out the trash in there. I thought the trash was going to be much more important. Bliss is coming up the stairs and Morgan shoots off a nail gun and it comes so close to Bliss that it blows her hair. Loved that part. I loved it. It also was very, it's like one of those visceral scares where I was mm-hmm. like, Ooh, oh God, because that's my nightmare is getting hit with, I wouldn't even touch a nail gun. I liked that it just came out of nowhere. I liked that Morgan was just like, boom. I was like, okay, I'm in, I'm in. Yeah, you know, too bold. So yeah. Bliss is like, watch it. So Josh and her have a little bit of a conversation outside where, you know, they're, she's asking him, how did you get into this? And he's like, oh, I've been doing this ever since I got out of school. You know, I did get a little help from my parents. And Morgan's like, oh, I can, I'm from money too. But my mom, she made me go get a job at a laundromat. And he's like, you know, who needs men? Who needs these guys or trash? So we also find out she doesn't have a boyfriend. She was in love at one point, but he got really sick and he's gone. Another word mispronounced. She goes, I wrote this down because like all this, like I was like, who is the line? Like who is telling, like someone needs to tell these people. She said laundromat and that like also drives me nuts. Right. It's laundromat. Yeah. Well, we got to get you in there, girl. (laughs) Once you're back on your feet, we got to get you in there. And if you worked at a laundromat, you know it's laundromat. And maybe some people don't. No, but I or okay, or if you washed clothes at a laundromat, you know it's laundromat, laundromat. laundromat. You just know that because you're smart. No, because I went to one. So I'm I'm also just not believing her. I'm like, you didn't work at a laundromat. You you had a coin machine in your Santa Monica apartment. It's also (laughs) just like sounds like a made up 
poor person story where it's like your Charlie Buckets mom. Like it sounds like she's like, I worked, I was in poverty. I worked at a laundromat. Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah. No. Yeah. When they get inside, Jules and Bliss are entertaining a neighbor that popped in. Okay. So this guy's acting is so kooky to me. I'm going to play the scene. I, he seems really fun. I would love to be this guy's friend. He, it just felt like he was almost making a cameo. Did you get cameo vibes from him? Like maybe this guy is like, I don't know, like a minor celebrity in some niche corner of the internet. So they cast him in this movie to play this very like sort of small but important role. Sure. Or if this writer, is this writer a gay artist do we know i think so a gay artist yeah i think so so i I don't know maybe he's just a straight guy writing this movie inappropriately the gay christmas movie (laughs) i don't know i felt like friend vibes i felt like oh my god i'm gonna give my friend but by the way like give him the opportunity what's this actor's name i liked him this actor's name is John Claft. He did, he was in a movie called, or a short called Squad Goals. And then he also did one called Speak Now. And I'm like, are you a Swifty dog? <laughs> like him even more. Yeah, I'm I into John Claft. Like maybe my favorite character of the whole thing. Yeah, he's um, great. And he's so helpful. I, yeah. So I feel like, I feel like it was like, who should we cat? And it was like, oh, you know what? John Claft is great. Let's he's bring him in. He's easy to work with. He's fantastic. Yeah, like maybe yeah. they almost fired someone else, so they went to their boy John Claft. Yeah, thirty one, thirty six to thirty two, fifty five. There's a little bit of um gay bashing in this too. Hold on. Oh, <laughs> I won't. Good to know though. Hey. Hi. This is our neighbor Perry. Hey. This is my yeah. husband Josh. Hi. Our interior designer Morgan. Yeah, I didn't even see you drive in. Sorry, I snuck through the gate on the western fence line. I mean, this place is so big, it would have taken me like 10 minutes to go around. So. You guys want any coffee? I mean, look at this bread basket. Mm. Does he know us or does he I know think us? He knows us. I wish I made this myself, but I just spent a pretty penny at the local bakery, which, trust me, is way better than my baking. <laughs> but we appreciate it either way, so thank you. You're welcome. Uh, what do you do, Perry? Perry here is a divorce attorney. So oh. don't get any great ideas. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> And have we met before? I swear I've seen you somewhere. Oh, I mean, I don't think so. Do you uh, work on the west side? Yeah. I went to many of happy hours with my boys there back in the day. So uh, maybe we cross paths way back when? (laughs) Yeah, I usually don't leave work until 8 p.m. But who knows, I'm sure there's a happy hour or two that got lost somewhere in the shuffle. Red Rainbow Bar is deaf an old favorite haunt of mine. Same. So tell me, what exactly do you plan to do with this place? I mean, clearly it needs much work. Why don't you come with me and I'll show you. Nice. Definitely Red Rainbow Bar. Okay, so like, I'm sorry. Maybe it's not gay bashing. It just feels like a targeted reference. Yeah, more just like stereotyping, like being, yeah, yeah. She's like, I. that's like saying like, oh, Fiesta Cantina. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so Jules comes home with Thai food and she can't find anyone anywhere. And finally, she spots Morgan in one of the upstairs bedrooms and she's being very, very strange. I want to point out the four poster bed in this in this particular room is gorgeous and I would love to have it. <laughs> Did you notice that? It was gorgeous. And I think it would look beautiful with one of your mattresses. That brand oh, you love. Oh, likes mattress? Yeah. He likes, yeah. We stand. Yes. stand. So, yeah, Morgan tells her, you know, if 
she's like, my landlord's a creep. I'm just worried about it. You know, we dated ages ago and now he just harasses me. And Jules like, well, we can go slash his tires. You know, that's the level she wants to get involved with where it's like, I'll joke about slashing his tires with you, but like, what do you really want me to do? But Morgan makes this case basically saying she's afraid to sleep there and she can't call the cops because he hasn't done anything physical and they dated. And Jules like, well, the guest house is empty. You can stay there. And you know, it'd be nice to have you. I don't have a lot of girlfriends. And she's like, what about Bliss? And she's like, Bliss is a guy's girl. You know, she was a cheerleader in high school and she was Josh's friend first. You know, she likes tequila. And Jules is like, I'm just, you know, I have this personality where I'm kind of like, I'm just going to sit here and sip my wine. And it feels so (laughs) like it's the most like wine mom millennial culture moment. It's like, I don't know, man. I just... I feel like these people are tools. It's just like men, gay or straight, writing women when they don't really know the voice. I'm just like, what is this? Well, it's also like the thing about hipsters when they're believable is that their cool isn't something that you can duplicate. Like you can't just take an uncool person and put them in a legitimate like cool hipsters clothing and, and they can act as if. Like it's something you can't fake. So to watch actors who are inherently tryhards like that's that's what being an actor is is trying really hard it's hard (laughs) to make them act like hipsters to me yeah and she just feels so like that person on etsy who orders like a coffee mug that says like it's really wine in here (laughs) you know like yeah just like I don't know. Don't talk to me until I've had my rosé. Yeah. But first, coffee. <laughs> it's, it's Oh, it's so that. Like, I have chills. It's so – it's always – it's just douche chills. I'm so glad that I, I felt like I fell in a very good place in being a millennial, that all of that shit was, like, cringy to me. So Same, same. <laughs> Morgan's like, well, are you worried about Josh and Bliss having a thing? Because I wouldn't trust that gorgeous creature around my husband. And so Jules like, no, I trust him. But this definitely plants a seed with her. Mm-hmm. And she overhears Bliss and Josh laughing in the kitchen together. And suddenly she's seeing them in a new way. So at bedtime, Josh is feeling a little sexy, but Jules is not feeling it. She says she's tired. And she's like, uh, so how's... I was working with Bliss today on the other house. And he's like, oh, it was great. And she's like, by the way, Morgan is moving into the guest house. And he's like, are you sure about that? Like when people move their stuff in, that is a whole thing. And I liked that. I was like, see, Josh, that's the wisdom I'm looking for in a marriage. Yes. Voice of reason for a moment. Right. And Jules is like, well, you let Bliss move in. And I'm like, Jules, surely you know there's a big difference. Yeah. But she's being jealous. So in the morning, Josh asks Bliss if Jules has been acting weird lately. And she's like, why? What's going on? He's like, she was acting like she thinks something's going on between us. So Bliss takes off and Jules it comes in the kitchen and she's like, he asked her to go pick up a gift for the realtor and to bring it by her office when she has a chance. So she brings the realtor some flowers and gift card for a spa trip. And they talk about the interior designer she hired. And she's never heard of this Morgan person before. So they go and get some lunch. And Josh is helping Morgan move in at, at back at the house. And he's surprised by how much she brought with her. And Morgan's like, I'm going to take a dip in the pool. Do you want to come in with me? And she rips off her shirt. And like, it, it's it's interesting. I can't tell if that's a bra or a bathing, like a swimsuit top at all. It's a bra and it's ripped on the side. Did you notice that? 
I, I couldn't tell if it was ripped or if it was sheer. No, it was a lace bra. It was like purple and it was ripped. And I noticed that. And I was first I was like, oh my God, like another another thing that's annoying me. And then I go, oh, maybe it's the same bra she was wearing when she like ripped her shirt off in front of Edgar and was like, you're trying to come on to me. And like, and she ripped her bra then. So then it's continuity. That's like the same bra she ripped, I think. Or maybe she just has shitty ass lingerie because all of her money went into like her rent the runway subscription so she could wear clothing at this job because she does not have the wardrobe of a broke person. No. And once again, if she did work at a laundromat, she would know not to put a lace bra in the dryer. And that's how those (laughs) holes happen. And I'm pretty sure that's what happened to this purple bra if it wasn't that she ripped it in front of Edgar. Exactly right. You're right. So he tells Bliss (laughs) about Morgan taking her shirt off. And Bliss is like, well, you know, Morgan's actually probably the reason why Jules is feeling insecure. There's something about her that doesn't sit right with me. She's like, I'm going to talk to Jules about it tonight. And he's like, well, maybe not tonight. And we don't know why, right? Like, why not tonight? Then we see Bliss sneaking into the guest house while Morgan is in the pool. Morgan's having this whole like sort of old Hollywood moment next to the pool where it's like (laughs) she like (laughs) takes off this white robe and like jumps into the pool. It's just like not I don't know. It's very it's very theatrical. So Morgan quickly realizes that Bliss's portfolio is made up of a bunch of magazine photos that have been cut out. (laughs) And she also brought the magazines with her. It's like the serial killer that's like too dumb to throw out the magazine he cut all the letters out of. (laughs) So Morgan goes, that lying, basic little bitch. I don't think anything about this is basic. I do. You think Morgan's basic? I mean, yeah. I think she's so basic. I think she's the most basic. Even more than Jules? No. No. I think everyone besides Bliss is basic. For some reason, I love Bliss. That's your your queen? Yeah, and I like like Renee Rivera, too. I'm not mad at her, either. (laughs) So, I like Renee, as well. I mean, I feel bad about her divorce, for sure. Yeah. Bliss takes a bunch of pictures of the evidence and Morgan almost catches her, but she hides behind a couch. It's a very close call. So Renee tells her assistant once Jules leaves her office that she wants to talk to Edgar on the phone immediately. And Edgar's not answering his phone. So Renee leaves a message at the guest house and she's like, I just want to talk about the new interior designer with you. I don't know her, but I heard the name Morgan and it gave me pause. And Morgan hears this and she deletes the message immediately. And she also goes and looks at her portfolio and she's like, I guess we have moles all over the place, don't we? I'm going to have to bury them. <laughs> so again, like so much talking out loud to yourself, which is crazy person behavior. Mm-hmm. Like that's how you wind up in an institution in a lot of places, which is fine. I talk to myself, but in a movie when they highlight it, it's so odd. It's so, so odd. <laughs> because like it would have been enough for me if she had just picked up the portfolio and the magazines and like had a thought. At them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah. the house is dark when Jules gets back and it's a surprise early anniversary party of five years. He invited Perry because she doesn't have a lot of girlfriends. I mean, this is like it's so it's so interesting. <laughs> 
how <laughs> Perry's like, I know you don't have girlfriends, so that's why I came. And it's like, Perry, don't do that to yourself. Wait, is Perry John Claff or whatever? Yeah, he's the gay guy. Oh, yeah, I love Perry. I, Perry's also not basic to me. Perry and Bliss are my king and queen. Yeah, Perry's great. <laughs> so Morgan shows up in this insane But like Perry, hat. yeah, Perry's way too, like, Perry doesn't need to be there. Come on, Perry. But also Perry doesn't need to feed into, like, the gay stereotype. Like, he doesn't need to belittle himself to being like, I'm a girl. No, no, I'll no. That's what I'm, yeah, I know. Totally. Totally. <laughs> What do you think about Morgan's yellow dress that she showed up in? Hot. Loved it. Do you it. like it? Obsessed. I was wondering about the top piece because I thought it was very, like, interesting to look at. But I also thought it, like, kept hitting her weird in certain places. And I was just confused about what it – but it kind of also looked very expensive. It did. It looked like something that Versace did like 2017. I can send you a, a reference photo where they like did a cutout with chain mail on the side. It was black and silver though and this one was yellow. But I get what it was going for and it was – I thought it was hot as shit and she looked great. Did you see that thing? I, I tweeted it a couple weeks ago, but this kid Charles Gross or this guy Charles Gross on TikTok did a whole thing about – what to do or what to say when people tell you that you're overdressed. And I do want to like include that clip. 10 responses if someone asks why you're so dressed up slash look so fancy. Thank you. You're the first person to say that to me. Someone just told me I looked underdressed. Thanks for the feedback. I guess my personal style leans toward formal. It's habit. You're right. I am overdressed a bit, but I guess I'd rather feel overdressed than feel underdressed. Maybe I misjudged the importance of this occasion. I have something to do after this. I adjust for both. This is just how I'm comfortable presenting myself, but I've never been told it's too much. Thank you. I really appreciate the compliment. But one of the most, I don't know, it just, it was just the ultimate mic drop was he says, I'm sorry, maybe I or overestimated the importance of this occasion. Ooh, love. Isn't that like so, it's so devastating. But they all make her feel weird for being in this dress. And Jules is like, oh, if I knew I would have dressed up too. Like they all think it's quite strange. And she brings her a gift. We don't see her open the gift, but she's like, sorry, Jules. It is is a re-gift, okay? I... <laughs> I didn't have time. It's <laughs> a regift, and what is the regift? I'm dying to know. They I'm don't dying. know you, Jules. It's not like they like see your signature candle laying all over your apartment, and you show up and give them the same one. Like it's not so. It's not that obvious of a regift, unless it's like, I don't know, like an as seen on TV, like piggy bank or something. I think we all know it's not a, a regift, or if it's like in a bag where they didn't rip the tag off, and it says like to Morgan love. Daniel that <laughs> she's like to Morgan I thought this was for me <laughs> oh my god Eden this is the most like mortifying story because I feel so bad about it like my mom and I both felt so bad but like one of her neighbors like you know was sort of known for giving last minute gifts that were always very like hurried and mm -hmm. one year she brought my mom a fruitcake and my mom opened it and there was like mad bites taken out of it. <laughs> like it was so it was so obvious that that thing has been sitting around for like weeks. And like one of her kids just like picked it up and like took a few bites out of it. You're lying. Was, no, You're I'm lying. Not lying. And we of course didn't say anything because like we know, knew like she would be so embarrassed if we said something. 
but it, it no was, it was mortifying <laughs> it was mortifying because like it's one of those things where it's just like you can't say anything because you want to die for them you know they would die if they knew <laughs> like all these bites taken out of it my mom brought it to my room to show me and I fucking lost my mind <laughs> I don't think I've ever repeated that story because I was like afraid that she would find out about the fruitcake like that I knew okay that's amazing this one's not better but kind of like in the same world and I know my uncle will not be listening to this for our wedding my aunt and uncle, like I have many aunts and uncles, but one of my aunts and uncles, by the way, they live in Glendale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they brought us a box that was wrapped in Christmas paper that just right away was very peculiar. Like I was like, hmm, like you kind of always see the same patterns like every every couple of years at CVS. Like, you know, what's like the in Christmas paper sure. or there's like... And this one, I was just like, I don't know this one. Like, where did they get this one? Well, they got it from like 1985 when Jules and Josh were born. (laughs) Because when I opened it, it was like, I don't know the name. It was like Noritake. Like what? It was like China in the original box. Like I, I Googled like, where is this China from? And it was like a print. From the 80s, I'm not even kidding, that was never unwrapped in Christmas paper from the fucking 80s. Oh, that's their, that's from their wedding presents. Yes. <laughs> when did the, what time of year did they get married? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that was one of their, like, one of their wedding presents or, I mean, because the Christmas wrapping at a wedding is like, a little bat shit like truthfully like at that point just go with a brown paper bag like that's classier uh it is a little bat shit I can't imagine how it stood out like on the gift table like in the wedding you know I'm sure the wedding photographer took a shot of the gift table and I'm I know (laughs) I know I know that looked crazy but I had to like write them like sweetest thank you you know and it actually I mean, was cute dishes, but I was just like, beautiful. yeah, I was just like, okay, <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> for me, I was like, you know, like the whole Persian side of my, it was definitely, okay, I just gave it away. It's on my Persian side. So I was like, not as shocked, but Ryan, you know, being the white boy that he is was like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? <laughs> yeah. He was like, I was like, this is so normal, babe. And he's like, this is so weird. I'm like, yeah. Where is he from again? Like what's it, what state is Huntington? From? He's from Huntington oh. Beach. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. They might not do that in Huntington Beach. Who knows? Yeah. So like- <laughs> Morgan sees an opportunity at the party to plant a listening device under a table. One thing that happens between Bliss and Peter is they're completely like having a snark fest on the couch about the dress. And she's like, yeah. And, and here's this thing about the portfolio. Like she cuts pictures out of magazines. And he goes, that's tacky and genius. I know I've seen her somewhere before not at happy hour. So <laughs> Poor Renee's at her office late working and she hears someone come in and it's a false alarm. It's just her sister or her assistant. But then, you know, of course it is the, it is the poncho. It's the red poncho and the black bodysuit, and she gets stabbed. So Jules and Josh are getting ready for bed and she's like, thank you so much for the surprise. I guess Renee was in on it. I'm so sorry for acting crazy. I trust you. And he's like, 
I like jealous jewels. And then they, they bang or whatever. And then after they're done, she's like, this place has started to feel like home. And I want to <laughs> come here. I want to make this my forever home. Yeah. We've christened it now. What let's, made let's, her think that? I think that's the first time they had sex in it. Because I mean, she wasn't in the mood the other night. I don't know. But I, did they did they or did they not get lucky when they first moved to the house? Oh. I think point. these people are, they're both sex addicts. Also, justice for Renee. Like, I, I was really sad that she couldn't get that French door opened. Like, I was just like, break the glass. Like, I, I really wanted her to live. I liked Renee. I know. She deserves that, especially who knows what happened in her first marriage, you know? Yeah, and she's worked so hard to, like, build up her own business. And, yeah, it's fucked up. So Morgan shows up the next day and she's on edge as soon as she overhears Bliss and Jules having fun together. You know, she doesn't like it at all. So 57.45 to one hour and 30 seconds. Yeah, so I think right here, maybe move the tiles over to the other side. Morning. Morgan, hi. What happened to you last night? You disappeared from the party. Oh, yeah, sorry. I uh, was a bit overdressed, so I went back and I changed, came back for a bit, and started talking to people in the den, and I, uh, I didn't see you guys again. It's too bad. You missed dessert. Oh, well, maybe next time. Mm -hmm. So, um... What's going on here? Well, I decided I wanted to turn this into my workroom instead of the reading room. And I figured that everything we ordered can just fit around my work table. Uh, sure. I mean, I imagine so. Uh, you know, I'm sure it will transition back perfectly into a reading room once you guys are finished and ready to put it up for sale again. Oh, didn't you hear? They're not selling the house anymore. They're staying. <laughs> Isn't that great? I thought we were designing this home in such a way to maximize the sale. We were, uh, but Josh and I talked last night and we decided that we want to keep it. Make it our forever home. You know, the one that we die in. Jules, um, I've fallen in love with this home too. I was hoping to make you guys an offer on it. Uh, with what money? I have an inheritance coming to me soon, and frankly, I don't see how this is any of your concern whatsoever. Okay, Morgan, I'm I'm really sorry, but I had no idea that this is what you were planning on. I thought you were blueprinting the home of your dreams. I mean, that, that's what you told me two weeks ago when you hired me. And she's allowed to change her mind. It's their house, remember? And what are your real credentials anyways? Because as far as I can tell, your portfolio is nothing but a bunch of cutouts from Design Magazine. So are, are they even yours? Wait, wait, wait. What? Of course they're mine. And are you so stupid to think I can't have my work published in a magazine? <laughs> I am not so stupid to assume that you'd use real photos for your portfolio. So, well, tell us, are, why don't you? <laughs> I refuse to entertain your husband's lapdog. Oh. We can finish this conversation again later in private. Oh. Rough. Burn. 
Yeah, she's not good. I mean, this is the hardest part of being a villain, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> you uh, you got you to gotta keep your cool at all times to successfully do it, but you're a villain, so that's hard. She's just um, like, she's a villain the whole time, and she's so over the top the whole, that's like, I mean, I could just tell, I just, I know, I, I okay, I went to her Instagram because I just had to, because I was like, I feel like I know this girl too you know, not literally, but, and her most recent post was like, you can't just cut people off in quotes, me, snip, snip, snippity, snip motherfuckers. And I'm like, okay, like, yeah, like she's a little cray cray. And so I think he's on like a pro or an anti-vax though. Cause I feel like that's where we're seeing that combo a lot lately. I mean, uh, maybe, but I can still just tell that she's Morgan. Right. You think she wasn't asking? <laughs> you said they said, come in and be yourself. Just be yourself. So- yeah. I think they were like, be yourself. And so that's why it's like everything's on a 10. Everything's on a 12. And there's no subtlety to any of her villain villainous ways. And snip, it, starts, snip, snip. it starts to get a little boring for me. So Jules like, you know, huffs and puffs and she sort of like works herself up when she realizes Josh is in the kitchen so she can go in there and like fake cry. And she's like, I'm so embarrassed. I I just had an awful fight with Bliss and Jules going to like see me as a crazy person. And Josh is like, well, Jules is very rational. She'll forgive you. And she's like, can I take a hit off your Corona? And she takes a sip of his beer and she's like. (laughs) You know, the party was really sweet. That was so nice of you to throw that. And she's like, it would have been my anniversary too. But sadly, my boyfriend died over a year ago. Seeing you and Jules so happy together has given me hope. And then she starts weeping on Josh's shoulder and Mm is like pulls back a little bit and tries to passionately kiss him. And he fully like pushes her off of him. And she's like, I thought you were like. I thought you were into me. You were asking for it. You, you came onto me. My back. Yeah, you touched the smell of my back. But he actually did. Side note. He did. He did. Mm-hmm. That's weird. That's like a place you don't touch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, I wouldn't like that if I was Jules. I mean, Morgan's hot. She's a babe, right? I have this apple and I'm not afraid to use it. It all goes back. He's maybe he was like a little tempted. So I like that they're treating him as this like sex object. And meanwhile, like, I feel like this guy probably could get laid at Barney's Beanery, but like, (laughs) it's not like this guy's like, you know, he would have mild success as a sex worker at best. So (laughs) Josh is like, you're inappropriate. You need to leave. Let's play 10303 to 10355. So what are we going to do then? You can harass immediately and tell her to move out right now. Of course. <sighs> no, Bliss is right. She's unstable. It's only going to get worse if you try and reason with her. You can't reason with the unreasonable. But what if she accuses you of something? They take that kind of thing very seriously in the workplace these days. I will testify to his character. So will any other woman that we work with. And she will look like the desperate, crazy cradle robber that she is. I just, I, I wish we knew what she was after. Like, was it, was it our money? It's not our money. It's the house. It has to be. I'm gonna call Renee again tomorrow. See if she can dig anything up. Good job, Jules. And you're right. That house will be mine. 
psycho. So she's Jules has like Jules doesn't realize they all don't realize that the house is bugged. And I wish mm-hmm. they had done more with the house being bugged because that's a big deal. Big deal. Like have more fun with that. For sure. So Morgan comes in the next morning and she does a little fake slip and fall from a ladder in like the foyer area. Have you ever seen someone fake a slip and fall in real life? At a basketball game. I saw it at Trader Joe's and it was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Really? (laughs) It was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen because it was like this lady like pretended to slip on yogurt and like the way she fell was in like, like two, like it was in, it was slowed down so much that (laughs) like the way she fell it was so uncomfortable. It was like watching a child pretend to fall. And she just starts going, oh, no, I fell. Help me. And, like, the Trader Joe's manager is like, <sighs> and he, like, comes over and he, like, helps her up. And he's like, ma'am, what did you slip on? She's like, I slipped. It was just so bad. And I remember talking to my friend Ed at the time. And I was like, oh, my God, I just saw this lady fake a slip and fall. Uh, he was like, Molly, he's like, how do you know she was faking? Maybe some old lady just fell. And it reminded me of those Karen videos that came out this year of like the Karen pretending she was hurt and falling to the ground. Oh my God. Yes. It, it, I was like, no, it's like, it was bad. So she fakes a slip and fall. She's like, I'm suing. And Phyllis is like, well, you know, no one's going to sue you. Like you can't, or, no, you can't sue us. Like you have no money, blah, blah, blah. And so Jules calls her out and she's like, we know what you want. You want us out of your house. And after everything we've done, that's fucked up. We're not giving this place up without a fight. You're fired. You need to get out of our house before you have a real fall. And Mm. I was like, damn, Jules, it's a threat. Mm. So then Perry comes over that night and they're all splitting wine. And he's like, well, this is tough because he's a lawyer. Remember, he's like, this Mm -hmm. is tough. Like, the best way we can maybe get out of this is because hanging paintings isn't in her job description. Um, we could also call the cops and have her like removed immediately. And Jules thinks that that's the way, you know, things should go, but she wants to go down there first. So they're on the way down and Perry asked them what happened to the gardener, you know, like maybe you should rethink whatever story they were told based on what's happening now. And I'm like, I would hope so. Like Edgar, like, you know, Edgar like takes such pride in the way he cared for that home. And like, he had to go back to his apartment, which like, I just know is like on Gramercy. Like, I feel like he probably (laughs) lived in my old apartment on Gramercy and Melrose, like, which is, I'm like, oh, that's so depressing. She did that to Edgar. Um, I'm like completely projecting my own four person trauma on him but like it's (laughs) fucked up so it's fucked up for for real so Jules and Josh go digging through Morgan's shit in the guest house and Jules is like no it's deeper than she likes the house she has to have history here and she's like wait a minute the folder so they go find the folder that was they found the first day and there's this emergency contact in Woodland Hills who isn't answering the phone so Jules is going there herself 110 54 to 113 47 Hi. Hi. Are you Florence Daly? Yes, I'm Florence. May I help you? Yes, I'm Jules Grant. This is my husband, Josh. Hi. We were just wondering if we could ask you a few questions about Beverly Maples. You knew her? Yes, I knew Beverly. How do you two know Beverly? Uh, well, we didn't, but we, uh, we bought the Maples estate after Beverly passed, so... Oh, uh, that's lovely. Uh, would you like to come in? Please. Yes. Yeah. 
Would you guys like something to drink? Oh, no, we're fine, thank you. So how is the estate? God, I sure do miss it sometimes. God, I worked for Don and Beverly for about six years until Mr. Maples passed away. Wait, you worked for them? Yes, I was their housekeeper. Miss Maples had you listed as an emergency contact on an old document that we found. Did the Maples not have any family? I believe Don has a sister in Kansas, but they didn't speak, as I recall. Um, and uh, when he passed away, he left everything to Beverly, of course, and she didn't have any family. I don't think they ever wanted kids. Were there any other employees who were working at the house? There was the gardener, Edgar, um, but he was fairly new when I left. And I don't think Beverly ever replaced me. I think she started taking care of the house herself, and whatever she couldn't do, Edgar could. Uh, Miss Daly, did you know anybody with the name Morgan? Um, might have been a friend of the family, or somebody from the family who owned the house beforehand? Morgan, I, the name sounds awfully familiar, but the Maples had a lot of friends. They were always having get-togethers and barbecues and events at the estate. Um, they loved hosting. <laughs> but no, no one lived in the house before them. They built that house. This is Morgan. Do you recognize her? Yes. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't remember her name after all these years. How do you two know Morgan? We hired her as our interior designer. Interior designer? She's no interior designer. She's an executive assistant. She was Don's assistant at the firm. Before Don got sick, he was having an affair with her. She was at the house all the time when Beverly wasn't there, and when Beverly found out, Morgan nearly went crazy. She kept showing up, and even after Don let her go, she kept demanding to speak to him. She even called Beverly and threatened her over the phone once. It was quite awful. Is there anything else that you can tell us? The only reason I ask is we've been having some trouble with her, too. We think she might want the house for herself. No, nothing that I can remember. Thank you again for your time. Of course. You two should be careful around her. She's not right in the head. Oh my God. Well, she certainly isn't. Imagine like the gall of a man who literally has a disease, like cheating on his wife. <laughs> <laughs> like you literally have a disease like oh like and also who's morgan like hooking up with this diseased man until he died erica jane <laughs> i know i know i know i so i'm not in the loop so tell me like oh my god taking. i know i mean i know like what's going on with erica jane but i haven't watched real housewives in like a, two years so Tell me what's going on. Malls. This is the best season of every franchise ever made in the history of Housewives. That's a hot take. Uh-huh. You need to jump back in. This is this is very, very interesting. And how fact, guilty. How guilty. A hundred percent. Like, no doubt in my mind. That's just me. And Morgan gives me major EJ energy. I know. Um, I agree with that. Like, I agree. Husky voice when I want to. And then, you know, like that whole thing. And like, yeah, everything's and even mine. just her stature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So Renee's assistant is answering phones at the agency. And she's like, oh, Renee's on a family trip. But truthfully, she thinks Renee is missing. And then the raincoat person shows up again. And we see this time that it's Morgan with no mask. And she's there to look up the gate code to the house. So 
Bliss is home alone when she has this very weird feeling. We see Morgan slip by in the background. There's so much like choreography in this scene, but just know that like Morgan throughout this until we see her, like we're seeing little peeps of her throughout. So Josh and Jules are arriving home and Josh wants to deadbolt the guest house so Morgan can't get back in. And at this point, Bliss and Jules are catching up inside briefly and we see Josh is outside and he's bending down to grab some tools from the toolbox and Morgan slaps him over the head with a hammer. It's brutal. Yeah, yeah. Like it it hurts to look at. So I mean he look he looks dead. I mean, you hit someone over the head with a hammer, he's he's dead. He's dead. For for sure. And so Jules gets this very weird feeling. You know, he's her soulmate, so she probably could feel it. <laughs> That he is something's going wrong. So she decides that she's going to go out and investigate it. And then all of a sudden they see Perry's car coming up the driveway and they decide to run outside. But first, Jules grabs some fire tools, like some of the like the wrought iron Mm -hmm, like the poker and stuff yeah and i've bought a set of that before so i should know what that's called but i don't know i mean who really uses that thing like right i don't know they're mostly ornamental yeah right right so yeah let's play this scene where perry's gonna try his best to save the day 118 21 to 120 34 hey guys i finally remembered where i met morgan before it was here at this house when the Maples lived here. Well, what's with the weaponry? Josh, he went down to the guest house and he never came back. Josh! 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 I think we need to call the cops. Yeah. Harry, behind you! Morgan. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? Morgan, put down the hammer. You don't have to do this. Stop it. Morgan! Ah! Don't move or I'll shoot. Put your weapons to the ground, slowly. Jules, cell phone, slide it over. Morgan, Morgan, you don't have to do this. You can have the house, okay? It, it, it's yours. Just please, please tell me where Josh is. Oh, you'll find out soon enough. What do you want with us? What do I want with you? It is going to be the affair of the century. Hot blonde, Bliss Leary gets caught banging Boss Josh. <laughs> Wifey Jules goes wild, ends up bashing Hubby's head in with a hammer, then kills anxious neighbor before strangling Miss Bliss to her untimely death. You will never get away with it. Too many people know about you already. Perry's co-workers have all heard your name and already know how crazy you are. But on the contrary, I was never here. I have an airtight alibi with my old landlord. He'll do anything for me. I'd do anything. He's not dead. No, no, he's, he's not dead. He can't be keeping it. Come on, Jules. She won't shoot us. She can't shoot us. Or else the gun will be traced back to her. You want to try me? Go to hell. Come on, Jules. Okay, so when she says that her landlord will do anything for her and she does anything, I'm assuming she means anal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> which, on la- which, by the way, on last night's episode of Housewives, that comes up and Erica Jane talks about how she does anal all day, every day. <laughs> Are you kidding me? With who? who? With whom does she do anal all day, every day? She doesn't disclose. <laughs> I mean, do you think it's Scooter Braun, like the rumors say? I don't know. I mean, could be. That's dangerous for you because you are actually like, you know, you're in the industry, but I can't ask you this, babe. Mm-hmm. Brittany, you mm-hmm. toured with Brittany. How do you mm-hmm. feel? She's free. How do I feel that she's free? Yes. Dude, it's about fucking time. Like free her. Like she, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, listen, I signed an NDA. I think I've told you this before, but I will say it was a very tense tour and he was there every day practically and he had a very bad vibe that is my personal opinion and it was weird it was like no phones were allowed in common area it was it was a tour with a lot of strange rules that almost felt like if that's what I felt as the opening act because I mean I'm not even getting into all of it but there was a lot of rules I've never been like you're the As, most excited to be there probably too. So like the, yeah. if the weirdness penetrated you, then that means it was fucking weird. It penetrated everybody. Catering, dancers, production. Like it was a very, very, it was just like stifling. Like very, you, It was very, very constricting. Like when we weren't on stage, everything backstage and all the inner workings was like very like formulaic. It just felt like, I believe her when she was talking, you know, in court about how they've had her on this like intense schedule and she doesn't get to make any decisions. Like I definitely got that vibe personally. So I'm so glad she's free because I think she's a fucking queen and I love her and she should be able to be happy. And now she's engaged and I'm, I'm happy for her. I mean, the thing that was the grossest to me is when I heard that allegedly you know that she was made to have an IUD against her will I was just like yeah like what the fuck like that made me like enraged so I'm so so happy it's It's so so sad sad. but I mean that's how serious the conservatorship is is that like it's like your conservator gets to make medical decisions for you like you're a minor it's like insane um, yeah, you know yeah. that and also an IUD is very painful and I'm sure she wasn't allowed to have like pain pills or anything for that like every yeah. woman I know who has an IUD which I consider to be like a pretty severe form of birth control like that's a big fucking deal to go do that like how confusing she didn't even know what it was called she called it an ID she didn't call it an IUD and so that made, that made me even more sick because it's like she really it was not her choice. She, she didn't, didn't do know. her research. She didn't know what it was called. Yeah, she was poor yeah, girly. Was poor girl. So I'm really happy. I'm so thrilled. Like, hopefully this is a whole new chapter for her. I feel like she always kind of much like Mariah Carey, like kind of associates with a butterfly. I feel like Britney's thing is like a fairy. Like yeah. there's a lot of like fairy stuff with all of her sort of like aesthetic. So for me, I'm just like, yay, like set the fairy free. Let her fly, you know? Britney is totally a cottagecore lesbian. I agree. Um, so they, they grab their pokers and they run back inside and Jules and what's her face Morgan's just like shooting wild shots at the house inside there's this like 
moment where Jules is like, I have to go check on Josh. And Bliss is like, I've got it in here. Jules finds the real estate agent's body in the recycling bin. And then she finds Josh. He's not dead, but he looks close to it. So Morgan and Bliss are playing this cat and mouse game out inside the house. And a lot of it has to do with the elevator. And at one point, Bliss just gets in the elevator and she fully goes missing for a minute. And so Morgan can't find her. And then Bliss is like, well, I can, I've got I'm in control now. And they act as if there's no stairs in this house. It's so weird how they only use the elevator. And they and I and I'm just sitting here thinking Jules is gonna get stuck in that when she's pregnant. (laughs) That's all I can think about. I'm like, you can't have a pregnant lady in an escalator in the same house. Are you crazy? Well, also, like, yeah, I was waiting much like you from the jump, all this talk about the elevator, the elevator, the elevator. I was also like, okay, shit's about to go down in this elevator, like waiting for this climax. And yeah, I mean, I I also agree. The elevator was really underused. Side note, I want to give Morgan a shout out about the way she held that gun when she goes like, freeze. Like, that was really good. Like, she, that's, that's her lane. Like, put her on like, what are those shows? Like, CSI and like you know jag like shows like that yeah. right exactly she, she holds the gun great she looks like she could play like yeah that's her there we go morgan like love it that's for you well that's why she does well on sci-fi so right basically yeah. like it all, all that happens is like a bunch of shit like it's all cat and mouse there's no point in like like beating it out but when Jules comes back inside, you know, Josh is trying to like bring Perry back to life in the driveway and Jules comes back inside and she hears the elevator dinging over and over again. And when she goes and looks inside, Bliss is dead on the floor. But wait, are Um, you just going to glaze over the fact that Josh got bashed in the head with a fucking hammer and then just gets up like it's nothing to go revive Perry? Yeah, they both they both recover from this. I mean, listen, I know they're kind of being like, yeah, Morgan's this like powerful badass, but she still like hits like a girl, even with a hammer. <laughs> yeah. 127 to 12813. Why the screams, Jules? You did this. Stay back. Put the poker down or I'll shoot, and trust me, I am no longer afraid to use this. Put it down. Okay. Doesn't look like this is gonna be your forever home. (laughs) But you know what? I guess you were right about one thing. This is gonna be the home you die in. Just like poor old Miss Maples did. Stop or I'll shoot! He's gonna leave this house to me when he died. I loved him. And then he left everything to his selfish wife. And now you're trying to take what's mine! It's not yours, Morgan. 1128 Maple Drive is ours. Yeah, I mean, Morgan is dead with a fucking nail in her eye. I can't believe Bliss died. I know. Like, I can, I can though. Someone needed to. 
I feel like everyone died. I mean, I don't know if we got the follow-up on Perry necessarily because like sometime later we see a bright and happy day on Maple Drive and Jules brings Josh a drink, but she isn't drinking. And she says to him casually that she thinks that they should turn Bliss's room into a nursery. She would have loved that. And Josh <laughs> is like, wait a minute. Wait, are you pregnant? And like he like hugs her and then he apologizes to her the fetus for squishing it. And then <laughs> she's in like a she's in like a Kyle Richards caftan. Everything goes back to housewives for me for this movie. No, especially I mean, honestly, most things do. Like I understand. I understand the impulse because like I think that that's the fun part of this is that the film relies on the audience having like experiences that inform what they're viewing. And right. so I think that that's a really, like, really proper reference and probably something that this writer thought about. So, yeah, she goes, I think our family is going to be really happy here. Yeah. I love, too, how, like, when you find out you're pregnant, unless you've, like, been, like, unless you're one of those people who just, like, gives birth on the toilet, like, out of nowhere, and you're like, I had no idea I had a baby in there. <laughs> like, I love how she's wearing a caftan because it's, like... I'm just like speaking from like, I literally just gave birth. So I'm like, when you find out like you, there's no bump, there's no fucking bump. You just like, if she's like in like a loose thing and he's like, sorry for squishing you. And it's like, nothing's there yet, dude. Unless I know. <laughs> well, I think so. Like they do this thing where they sort of like revert to childish tendencies. And I feel like Josh should know that that hugging a pregnant woman isn't like under almost any circumstances isn't going to affect the baby, let alone like probably a, a four week old fetus. But you know, I guess, the, the I guess he's an old millennial now, you know, having kids. I know, dude, he's like, <laughs> finally, I hit 36 and everything has changed. But it does feel like it, it must be much later. Like this has to be like a year later, where these people are monsters. Right? Like, oh, bliss would have wanted it. Right. But, like, but also if it's a year later, like, did they just leave? It's it's like, then it's really sad too, because it's like when someone's like kid dies, which is so fucking sad. I can't even believe I just said that. And they like leave the room untouched because they just can't go in there. So maybe like, 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 like they just left Bliss's room like alone. It's been a know. shrine. Yeah. That's so sad. No, I know. Sad. It's so sad. I don't think I would ever change. I will say that I... Make the reading room the nursery. Like, fuck that reading room. <laughs> I know, right? Isn't that a great nursery space anyway with the windows? Yeah. Wake that baby up. But, like, here's the thing. I very much... I'm very much not wanting anyone to ever decide what I would have liked after I die. I don't, I don't want that. I don't want anyone saying, oh, Molly would have liked that. Because a lot of times people say shit like that and you know they're lying to themselves. Like, yeah. oh, so-and-so wouldn't want you to be sad. I'm like, no, I knew that motherfucker. They would be pretty <laughs> upset if I wasn't sad. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, so-and-so totally. would want you to move on with your life. No, they didn't. They didn't want me to move on with my life. Like, you know, like, it's just, it's it's always this, like, way to, like, it's like the, the dead person becomes the scapegoat for whatever you want to do like yeah. I actually got kind of got a child free vibe from bliss I don't know that she would really be dying for her the room that she last lived in to be turned into a nursery it's a huge assumption agree listen Eden I'm so excited you guys this was the first tiny pee I hope I feel like this was a really fun quick way to kind of get through the movie and have as much fun with it as we can especially for a movie that 
it was really like very broad and cartoony in a lot of ways. Thank you so much for having me. And I just have one last takeaway, if I may. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you what like your final thoughts were. My final thoughts were, if there's a lesson to be learned here, it's that all of this could have been avoided with a landline or right with a life alert because like those old, those things when old people fall. I was going to ask you if you had one. I'm like, why is she plugging <laughs> life alert? <laughs> no, I don't, but it made me want to get one because when in the very, at the very top, when whatever, like the one, do we know her name? Mrs. Maple or whoever the one, the, the first murder, she's like, where's my phone? You know, like Morgan yeah. snatches the phone. Then right before, there's like a couple times where they need a cell phone or they need a way to communicate or to like call the cops. And I'm just like, landline, landline, oh, life always, alert. Always, always. And like, that that's the thing that's a little unbelievable is like these old people didn't have a fucking landline. Like the only landline in the house was in the guest house. Right. Oh yeah, there was a landline in the guest house. Uh-huh. I will say this made me feel sad. I went through the IMDb reviews and this guy spy dash seven one five 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 wrote on march 26 2020 this was right when the pandemic started so you know they were fucking going through it one out of ten stars this movie was awful thought this movie was just awful the acting was not good especially the woman who played morgan i only watched it because it was in the highlights in my weekly tv guide i am now (laughs) reminded why i rarely watch movies on lifetime that is heartbreaking (laughs) It was in the high, like, so you know there's obviously an audience for the highlights in their weekly TV guide. That's so that's like, cute. That reminds me of, um, that's actually, like, cute, though. Like, this that reminds the only movie they've ever reviewed. <laughs> he was that bothered that he had to create an account and go review Killer Dream Home. I really <laughs> hope that he doesn't, like, I hope he didn't die of corona. <laughs> No, it's true. Like, it is kind of funny, but it's also like, I feel like this guy would have gotten Corona. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my God. I should not be laughing, but that was so fucking funny. I can't. I feel like he died. I don't know. I'm sad. I will. No, I well, let's this wish him well. He ever saw because he didn't. Oh ever my god! After this, no, he probably needed... signed up with great hopes of reviewing films over quarantine. <laughs> this was some TV tray dinner on the electric chair. This is so sad. <laughs> let me see if there's any anymore my this dogs is- are going nuts we're getting some okay. sort of delivery so for our our dream the, home that's the timer so they're telling us episode is <laughs> over you guys this was so much fun i love doing a little tiny pee like this and eden you were the best guest thank you for doing this when you had your babysitter over you could have done so many things but you chose to do this so i appreciate you babe i had so much fun and honestly like you know all sarcasm aside, I love, I love Lifetime. I love what I'm very like highbrow, lowbrow. I sort of don't have any like mid-tier entertainment that I enjoy. So I either want to be watching like Interstellar or Housewives, you know? So this was a pleasure, a pleasure, a pleasure. I loved catching up with you. And I think all mall supporters are fucking awesome. So if any Babe, of you guys want to, 
You're the best. And if any of y'all want to come hang out with me on the internet, my Instagram's at Eden and my Twitter's at EdenXO. Thanks for having me. Perfect usernames, by the way. Incredible that you got them. Yeah, we'll have all of the information you want linked in the description. Throw in your Spotify too, babe. Okay, like let's get it all going, all platforms. And I let's also get it poppin'. I want to do NFTs with your husband, okay. lifetime NFTs. <laughs> you know what? I don't know if I don't know if he if he's available for that. I know he's a big deal. Okay, but he was we I so, we'll sidebar because I actually think there's something there. I'm not even kidding. I know. Movie posters. We'll talk later. Okay. Love you. We'll talk later. Thank you for having me. Bye. Of course, babe. Bye. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my two wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I'm hoping to open up the conversation about balancing careers and family. The one thing I constantly hear successful people say, without fail, is that they wish they'd spent more time with their kids. That's time no one can get back. So I decided to create Business Dad to engage in the conversation about how we're spending our time now providing a forum for successful dads to share their joys and challenges of being a working parent. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier. And while this podcast will talk about business and will definitely be featuring dads, I think everyone can learn something from these incredible conversations as we unpack the expectations we all have about careers, relationships, and ourselves. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.